So Jacques, remember last week I introduced that uh, giveaway during our surprise mechanic? Well, it's episode seven, so we're going to announce the winner. And uh, I have some bad news. We only have two entries. That's it. I sent messages out to a bunch saying, hey, doing a giveaway. I know you listen to the podcast. Leave a comment on one of our things, you know, with the constructive criticism and you'll be entered in. Nobody uh, went for it. Just two. <laughs> so, so the two that are in this, you got a 50-50 chance of winning the $10 uh, Xbox card, PSN, Nintendo, or Steam. So that's good for you guys. But kind of sucks for my giveaway because I was expecting a lot more people. You lurking motherfuckers. You just sit there, you listen to our content, and then you don't interact with us at all. You should be ashamed of yourselves. I'll just say this. It's probably going to be a long time before I do another giveaway <laughs> until there's a lot of active commenters. You know what I mean? If we got like a free, if we got a community of people you know, chiming in all the time, then yeah, I'll definitely do this again. You see what you've done, audience? It might just put you all in time out. You're not getting another giveaway again for a while. See, you screwed yourselves. Yeah. All right. Well, here's the two people that enter into the giveaway. First person is Indy. You've probably heard his name before many times in this show. He's a, you know, he comments all the time. He's, he's always uh, giving us feedback and everything. You know, we really appreciate all the support from Indy and, and his wife, Ashley. Yeah, they, they are our like number one supporters right now. And we definitely appreciate that. All right. So here's Indy's constructive criticism. Only thing I would think to add is something you all mentioned you weren't really interested in doing but maybe pick three gaming news topics from the week to touch on. That way, you also have topics that keep you current, but that's just an idea, not really criticism. All right, so about that, Indy. We tried doing that in our test episodes. We did a lot of that, actually, in our test episodes. Uh, what was it, like five, six episodes, Jacques, something like that? Yeah, maybe even more than that, like seven or eight. We tried, we tried, and tried. And it just didn't work out. There's a lot of podcasts out there that talk about all the news that happens in the week. And me and Jacques felt that that just wasn't the thing we wanted to do for our podcast. It's just, it felt very, um, what's the word I'm thinking of, Jacques? If, what, how did it feel? No, it's, it's just that we weren't interested in doing that because there's a million podcasts, a million YouTube channels that just read the news for you. We, we just don't want to do that because we're not going to do anything that we are not fully behind, like 100%. Anything that we're not interested in, we don't want to do. So, like, I'm sorry as if the audience um, disagrees with that. Like, but like I said, there's a million other options out there if that's what you want. And, you know, today we're doing an episode all about E3. So we'll get into that further and you know, probably explain why further, why we just do not want to go that route. Exactly. I think you hit the nail on the head. So, uh, Indy, no news. But I appreciate the feedback. And I did say, give us constructive criticism. And that is constructive criticism. And I, and I appreciate that. So thank you for submitting that. All right. Next up is Jason. He had just a quick little comment. One sentence, short, but to the point. He said, Put your podcast on YouTube so I don't have to use Spotify. Now, I mentioned this many times in our show already. 
I used to be a YouTuber. I did it for five years. Did a lot of toy reviews. Had probably over 500 videos. That channel is now disabled, so you can't watch any of the videos. But, you know, if someone really wants to watch one, I send them a, a link to an unlisted viewing, and then they can check it out. But towards the end of my YouTube days, YouTube really started to put a lot of restrictions on small content creators, and it, they made it way harder to get noticed. And you could pour your heart and soul into a project, and then YouTube will take it down for whatever reason or flag it or it won't go in the search algorithm or anything. It's just so damn frustrating posting shit on YouTube now. So I really don't want to post anything on YouTube anymore unless our entire community grows to an insane, crazy number and they're all demanding, please post on YouTube. Then maybe I'll do it. But until that happens, the answer is no, Jason. <laughs> I'm not posting them on YouTube. Not to mention that YouTube is mainly used for video content and we do not have a video component. That's not to say there aren't, uh, you know, podcasts on there without video components, but we're like Mike pretty much already covered it. Like we're YouTube just kind of sucks as far as for small content creators. And we're just not really interested in doing that right now. Sorry, Jason, you're just going to have to use Spotify for now. It's free. Like, all these podcast services are free. It, it doesn't take any amount of time just to to download the app. If I posted these things on YouTube, sometimes YouTube just randomly throws ads in the videos, and I have no control over that. I know you want YouTube, Jason, but you, you'll get a far better experience if you just stick with Spotify. All right, so who's going to win this $10 card? I thought about what I was going to do earlier. And uh, I had I had something really funny. I was going to make a actually a, a video on Instagram of me putting all the names in a salad spinner. If there was a bunch of entries, I was going to do that. I was going to put all the names in there and just pull one out and you could see the name. But since there's only two, I'm going to do this. Right now in my hand, I have a copy of The Last of Us on PS3. This is one of my messed up discs that that won't play. I have three copies of The Last of Us. So you might be thinking, why the hell do you have that in your hand? Like, well, I was thinking about a coin flip and I was like, eh, that's not fun. Let me flip the PS3 game up in the air and see which side it lands on. Now, if it lands on the artwork, the front of the disc, then Jason wins. If it lands on the back of the disc, Andy wins. I don't have any video proof of this well i could do that but you know what? i'm too lazy Jacques, my witness actually he can't see it either <laughs> no you're idea. just gonna have to trust me <laughs> indy and jason have known me a long time I'm not messing with this okay i'm gonna flip it you're gonna hear it hit something and then i'm gonna tell you which side it landed on all right here we go i hope the mic picked that up yeah i heard it and the winner is jason because it landed on the last of us artwork. All right, Jason, so I'll get in contact with you about that later, and uh, I'm sorry, Indy, uh, The Last of Us disc has spoken. <laughs> I just threw it across the room. I don't know if you heard that. Yes, I heard that as well. Yeah, it's got tons of scratches on it. It won't play. All right, then. So, I am going to take the reins again this week, because I am back to hosting. Last week, you took over for me, so... Mm -hmm. That was definitely different. It was fun. 
the captain's back on the bridge. I have to, you know, get out of the chair. And yeah, I, I relieve I relieve the XO of your command. So exactly, um, yeah. my command. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, we'll get uh, we'll get on with this then. So welcome to the Boundless Gamers podcast once again, and we would like to encourage you. Mike had already mentioned our social media at Boundless Gamers, and we are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And, you know, we do post on there somewhat regularly. So, you know, we post all kinds of different things. So check those out. And also, please subscribe to us because we would like more subscribers. <laughs> and, um, yeah, that's that's pretty much about it. Uh, we're on most podcast platforms. So go do that. And if you even want to rate us, we would uh, be forever grateful for that. Yeah, so before we start this topic, I just want to mention that we will not be doing any of what we're playing this week, and we will also not be doing surprise mechanics. This episode is solely going to be dedicated to everything surrounding E3, because we just figured that we need more time to talk about everything, and I could use some time to catch up to Mike with Mass Effect 2, so we could t- you know take a week off for, to let me play a little bit more of Mass Effect 2. I'm actually almost done. Th- I'm done with the Mass Effect trilogy. I platinum the all three. I'm done. I moved on. Thank God. But we'll get into that next week. Yeah, we'll get back to Mass Effect. Don't worry, next week. <laughs> I should be beating Mass Effect 2 like, any time now. So. Now, let's, uh, as my dad likes to say, let's get this show on the road. Yeah, as you've seen by the the title of the episode, we're going to be talking about E3 and mainly E3 week. So it's not just going to be E3, it's going to be Summer Game Fest and everything surrounding E3. So how we're going to do this, me and Mike went over this a lot before this podcast because as we mentioned in this intro, we with the whole news thing, we we did not really like doing news topics. So we're not going to go over each individual showcase because there's like 50 million of them and we'll we'll get into how angry that makes me. But what we're going to do is we picked 15 games from all the showcases and we're just the ones that we're most interested in and we're just going to talk about those. And then after we're done with that, if we have time, we are going to talk about other like honorable mentions that we have also liked. Mike, I would like to start this topic off by shitting on E3. <laughs> it just seems pointless now, E3. I, I can't. I just, I can't. There were so many shows that just was completely unnecessary. Like, why are they here? Like, why is there a Verizon show and stuff? Yeah, that schedule looked so bloated. I was like, oh my God. I'm like, Jacques's going to have fun watching all these. <laughs> It was not fun. Uh, I mean, the, probably the one I really had fun with was maybe Xbox. Bethesda, I mean, they are the clear-cut uh, best showcase because it was more like a traditional showcase. You know, they were just showing game after game. Other than maybe like some of the indie game showcases, it, like everything else was just unnecessary. We've already seen these games, most of these. And... I'm just so angry that they are making us sit through all this horse shit. I, I, I thought it was so great last year, 2020, during COVID, you know, when it was at its height. Oh, that that sounds bad. Jacques, reword that. Reword that. <laughs> I liked how it was set up because they didn't have an E3 last year, right? Nothing. No, they didn't have a digital nothing. They weren't prepared. And when COVID hit, they were just like, oh, shit, we just we, we can't do it. The E3 conference and they did. They didn't have a backup plan set up. But what was great about it is so it ended up 
uh, working out where all the publishers and developers had their own little like mini uh, presentations, you know, like whatever it, I don't know, 15 minutes, 20, 30, they just had all these little presentations and they were spread out over the summer. I wish we could just go back to that. That was perfect. Okay. Because this shit does not work for me anymore where they just cram every single fucking showcase into like a five day span. It's too much. And it's not, like I said, most of them didn't have shit worth showing. It it seemed so forced like, Oh, well it's E3. Guess we got to show something. So, you know, we'll just show these games we've already shown off. And, and then some of the conferences were just a fucking joke. Gearbox. Yeah, we'll get into Gearbox in a minute, but um, yeah, I just this is just so unnecessary. And you know, Jeff Keighley just had had to have his Summer Games Fest right at the same time as E3. Now that he's not associated with E3 anymore, and uh, some of these showcases, I mean, like Bandai Namco, what the fuck? What the fuck even was that? They showed like ten minutes of House of Ashes, the Dark Picture Pictures anthology game. That's it. That's all they show. You could literally just post a YouTube video about that. You don't have to make a special stream for 10 minutes. Especially when we've already seen a lot of the footage already. I was like, I don't need to see any more of this, dude. I don't want to see any more. I want to experience the game when it comes out, okay? And half of the the, the presentation was just one of the dev- developers talking to some woman, some interviewer. I just don't know what these people are thinking. I... I I'm just so befuddled by a lot of these presentations. Um, uh, I, I, you know, we, I guess we'll talk about Gearbox since I'm on this this uh, tangent about shitting on certain presentations. Before we get into that, real quick, I just, you know, everybody's shitting on Sony for not being there, but I got to give them props for just saying, you know what, now nah, we're good. Yeah, they're doing it the right way. I wish all of them would do it like this. Just spread it out over the summer so it's more digestible it's kind of a point of diminishing returns when everything is crammed together. A lot of these indie games and stuff just get lost in the shuffle. And I hate that. But anyway, uh, back to gearbox. What were you saying about them? You're going to go into how shitty it was, right? <laughs> yeah. So gearbox they're I don't even know what you call it. Showcase. So they started off with like a stupid fucking video. They probably thought it was hilarious. It wasn't, it was dumb. Our good old buddy, Randy Pitchford was front and center because I don't know why Gearbox continues to put this man front and center as the face of their company. So he's just on set of the Borderlands movie that they're filming right now. And he's just awkwardly going around bothering all the cast and crew. <laughs> like He goes up to Eli Roth, the director. He's just talking to him. Eli Roth is probably thinking, dude, let me get back to my job. Like, fuck off. Nothing Randy is saying is funny. No. Then later on, he goes over to Kevin Hart, his trailer, and he knocks on Kevin Hart's trailer. So Kevin Hart opens his trailer door, and the look on his face is like, who the fuck is this? You could tell he doesn't want to do it. You could see it in his face. And then they just proceed to have this like awkward little exchange that is like, who cares? Who fucking cares, dude? 
and like I think like interspersed in between the shit, they they might have showed off like Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, which is like a Borderlands style game coming, sort of like D and D, and it's it, I mean it looks cool, but it's just like this was we already saw this previously before the showcase. Um, I think it which showcase was it at? Was it at? See, I don't even remember. I think it was at Summer Games Fest. Key There's so thing. many, I can't keep track of all of them. Yeah, like some of these games, they sh- were showed off at multiple showcases. Like that's why it's like so annoying. It's, it's like you guys are just overdoing it. God, I'm just so angry. I can't even think. Jacques, how many of these conferences did you actually watch? Did you watch every single one? Almost every one. I don't know how many there were exactly. There was like at least f- probably more than fifteen, like fifteen or twenty. Um, I watched most of them, but like most of them, I fast forwarded through. You know, I just stopped at things that i thought i might be interested in did you watch any of them live i didn't watch any of them live because that's another thing about e3 there's no longer a reason to be there for appointment viewing it's so antiquated because okay would i rather watch uh wake up and watch a fucking stream on a shitty like resolution because the stream is fucking up or the wi-fi or would i rather wait till it's all done and just watch the 4k version I think the only one you should watch live if you're really, really excited is maybe like a new console generation. I I, I get that. Like, I get why people want to watch that live. But uh, all this other shit, especially gameplay trailers, it's not really necessary. Just watch it later. And don't get me wrong. Like, I am still excited about all the games coming. Like, I don't want to make it sound like I'm just a downer. But just the format of E3 currently and everything around it, I just... It's, it's dead. so they, unnecessary. They gotta stop yeah. doing this. It's, it's done. Like, this isn't 2007, 8 anymore. So much of the shit shown was CGI trailers. You know, there mm-hmm. was gameplay for sure for a lot of them. But I, I didn't really keep count. But I noticed a lot of CGI shit in there. I'm done with hype, dude. I don't care. I don't care about fucking hype. Show me the fucking games, okay? That's all I care about. I understand that COVID has fucked up a lot of development, and that is partially responsible for a lot of these showcases not having much, and I I totally understand that, but if you don't have anything worth showing, just don't have a showcase. I don't want to sit through this shit again. This thing, I don't know how uh, how much more I can say this. I don't want to sit through this. Show me gameplay. Then I will get hyped up for your game, okay? Well said. Whatever. I can't think if I have anything. I'm, I'm like seeing red right now. So His I brain's can't... frying. Calm down, Jack. Calm down, Jack. Don't worry. It's over. It's over. I really hope next year they just go back to spreading the showcases out across the summer. Do you think... Uh... In 2022, they're going to go back to the old way of doing E3, like massive crowds and all that shit. You think we'll be ready for that in 22? Mm. Or you think that's too soon? No, I didn't even think about that, but that, that's a good point because I think you're starting to see now more um, events. I think definitely by the end of this year, I think like you're going to start. It could even be shows before that, like um, Tokyo Game Show or... I don't know. Gamescom, I think, is in like in August. I don't know if that's uh, that seems like a little too soon to be going back to big conventions. But um, I can maybe see by next summer. Yeah, that, that there could be an actual E3. I think they're actually going to push for that. In fact, so they can stay afloat, like financially, and stay relevant. Because uh, this, to me, this just proved like we do not need E3 at all in the current format. I think this year is completely out still. I don't think they should do anything like that. I think we should play it safe. 
I'm just hoping that this is a special case this year because of COVID. Because what you're seeing this year, I think, and why a lot of developers didn't have shit worth showing, is because this we and we knew this was coming last year. This is the year that all the games that would have come out this year are being pushed to 2022. So that is an issue. Yeah. So Mike, do you just want to like finally get into the games? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. I could rant and rage about how much I hated E3 this year forever. So let's just get on to the games. So uh, let's see, what what do we have? So we have 15 games that we both selected. Um, it's, a, it's a shared list that we're just going to, no order, no particular order. We're just going to talk about them a little bit. And then at the end of this, we'll have like some honorable mentions. All right, Mike, um, where do you want to start? Uh, do you want to start with Halo Infinite? Yeah, sure. Why not? Okay. So, yeah, they uh, no release date still, which is concerning. I mean, they've already delayed it a year. So it's like, why not just continue to delay it to make sure it's right? Because they, they say that the multiplayer is launching simultaneously with the campaign, but I am still very skeptical I don't know about you, but I yeah, I don't believe that. No. I, I I was expecting a date. I was like, all right, they're showing a lot of Halo, we're getting a date. And then they're like, Oh yeah, it's it's fall. No, they said holiday. They said holiday. You know, we we've heard like how much trouble they've been having with this development, especially like COVID has just made everything worse. So I, I yeah, I'm not confident that this will be coming out. Don't count on it coming out at the end of this year. But the the multiplayer is mostly what they showed off at this time, and it's going to be free to play and for everybody. Smart. And it's going to also have cross-platform play with PC, so you'll definitely, they want to populate that community heavily. Um, and, and yeah, they, they just had this like short uh, video like going deeper into the multiplayer, and to me, it, it looks very reminiscent of Halo 3, and I think that is a positive Halo 4 and 5, um, they were okay. I think probably 4 was a little bit better. 5 was just like, what are you doing? Yeah, I, I didn't like 5 at all. That was definitely a big stumble for the franchise. Campaign and multiplayer. I mean, the multiplayer wasn't bad or anything, but th- there was just stuff in there that just didn't feel Halo to me. So hopefully they, they go back to the roots of the the franchise and, you know, get the multiplayer right this time around. And and it's smart that they went free to play because, you know, they they probably, they saw what, you know, Call of Duty Warzone's been doing and, you know, it's been very successful and, you know, if you want more people to play Halo, that this is how you do it. You're going to have to make the multiplayer free to play. So that was a very smart decision by Microsoft. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's that that's probably going to be happening to more sh- multiplayer shooters. Because it seems like, and I'm really curious uh, with Battlefield 2042, what they're going to do because... 70 bucks, man, for that multiplayer. No, no campaign. Multiplayer only. Yeah, no campaign. Which is crazy because they tried to present the trailer as if it was going to be, like it was a campaign, but they clearly, they've come out and said it's only multiplayer. And I know that's had troubled development too, or they've reworked it. I don't know if it originally started off as a Battle Royale or something, because it still looks like there's elements of that. They're just not trying to call it that. But yeah, I think I could see that actually coming to Game Pass day one. And I just think they maybe didn't want to say that at this moment because they don't want to scare people. I personally don't give a shit about the game. So I think it looks cool. I think people that like that type of shit, it's going to be really fun. But yeah, I just could give two shits about it. So 
I like the weather thing. I like I like what they're doing with the tornadoes and all that shit. That that's kind of cool. But yeah, it's strange that they're charging you know sixty nine ninety nine and it's only the multiplayer. That that bothers me. Let's talk about Stalker Two because I Ooh. really really thought this game looked cool. Give me Metro vibes. No, oh, that's for sure. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Metro. Um, now I've never played the Metro games, but I've seen them, and you can tell right away it looks like that. So I don't. You can explain more, Mike, because you played all the Metro games. Like, because this looked like it was it had a very heavy horror vibes too. Almost reminded me of Dead Space a little bit. Mm-hmm. So is that how the Metro games are too? Yeah. Um, I'd say Metro is like think of Fallout in Russia instead of vaults. They're hanging out and you know. Uh, yeah, train stations and shit like that underground subways and, and all of that what you said you never played these games no i they've been on my backlog and i've always intended to play them but i've just Do never gotten them? around uh no i don't i might there might have been one that like was a free game i'm not sure they've been on game pass too there might even still be some on there I'm a big metro guy i i, I love the the second game first game's pretty good the third one i forget the name it's the most recent one it doesn't matter. But yeah, that, that that yeah, I like that one too. It's a solid trilogy. I hope we get another Metro game, but for right now, Stalker 2 is scratching those itches for me. So this is like another Metro game to add to my uh want list. So this is going to be a a day one game pass game. Yeah. Did they say that? Should have wrote that down. I did. I just have like so many fucking notes cuz there's so many goddamn conferences just gonna make me angry every time i have to look this up you can probably hear pages oh yeah you can hear i'm leaving that in yeah you can hear that listen to that rustling uh so yeah i it is coming to game pass i don't know if it's day one but i would assume it is day one and by the way that's coming uh april 28th 2022 uh all right uh, you want to move on to back for blood yeah i have nothing else to add stalker 2 i'm excited can't wait i'll be playing it next year all right, so yeah, Back for Blood. Uh, they we have seen a lot of this game so far, and it's it's from Turtle Rock, the developers who made uh, Left 4 Dead and Evolve. We have more details now, and it it looks like it is they're taking what they learned from Evolve and Left 4 Dead and kind of merging those. Uh, it's still going to be mainly Left 4 Dead influenced, but I could definitely sense some Evolve in there, in the sense that. The the infected, which I believe they're calling the the written. Wait, are you serious? That's what they're calling them. Yeah, the written. That's weird. <laughs> That's a weird one. Yeah. So the 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 gameplay they showed off. They showed the PvP, which when they announced that there's going to be PvP, made me very very happy because with Left 4 Dead, that was probably the best part about it is the PvP. So the fact that you're actually going to be able to play as the written in this is really, uh, that makes me happy. Um, so yeah, but when I was talking about the Evolve influences, so th- th- you're going to be able to uh, mutate, I think they called it, mutate the the written over the course of the match. I don't know how you'll be able to gain power-ups and stuff, but you're gonna they're going to have different mutations of your character. So I thought that sounded really cool. Oh, by the way, this is coming to Game Pass, which is crazy. That is another win for Game Pass day one. I have a question for you, Jacques. I'm sorry to cut you off. No, go ahead. Are you going to buy this on PS5 or are you going to play it on your Xbox One since it's coming to Game Pass? I hadn't thought about it. Uh, man, Whew. I don't know because I was going to get it on PS5, but 
this isn't necessarily a game that needs all the fancy graphics and stuff. Yeah, maybe if it has 60 frames, it's, I'm, I'm sure it will. I don't know, man. That that free, well, not free, but, you know, included with Game Pass is very tempting because it's like, well, why would I spend whatever 70 bucks on this if I can just play it on Game Pass? Yeah, I agree. But if there's a massive difference between the two, I mean, huge difference between the next gen and the last gen version. I, mean, I should say current gen now, current gen and last gen. Yeah, if there's a massive difference, I don't know if I could play play on the Xbox One. That's a bridge I'll have to uh, cross when I come to it, because also, you know, we'll be play. I assume we'll be playing this a lot. So, the I preferred PlayStation's party system because Xbox's parties fucking suck. Uh, I don't know what it is. I always have issues on there with audio and like headphones problems, and uh, so yeah, that could be a thing too. Yeah, I don't know. I'll have to decide later. But point is, like, yeah, that's huge. Another huge third party multiplayer game coming to game pass day one they had outriders that I'm, I'm thinking turtle rock probably wants to go for that like get all the the player base yep like because outriders just exploded so i think yeah that's what their their hope is for back for blood um and by the way yeah that is coming to like xs one pc and cloud so it's coming to everything and it's coming out october 12th 2021 it's not far away no it's not I mean, i've been wanting left for dead 3 for like ever forever i've been wanting a sequel to left for dead and this is the closest thing we're probably going to get unless valve gets off their ass and does something with the ip which is very unlikely it's coming out right around halloween too which is perfect all right uh let's see next is starfield which uh they i mean not to my surprise maybe some other people were surprised but i certainly wasn't but it's going to be xbox exclusive and it's only going to be on the X and S. It's, it's you know, I, I keep wanting to say next gen, but it's really current gen is the PS5 and Series X and S. So it's, uh, and they, that is obviously coming to Game Pass. They won like all Xbox exclusives uh, and it's going to be November 11th, 2022. So we're still ways away. Yeah, this is one of those games where I'm definitely going to get a Series X. There's no no question about it. I'm glad I was wrong because before I was saying, oh, you know, there probably will be a PS5 version because this game has been in development for God knows how long, but that's not coming to the PS5. That means Microsoft told them to axe that version. Yep. We just want it on these consoles. We bought you. Forget about the PlayStation. Get rid of it. Because there was a lot of reports before Microsoft purchased Bethesda that Sony was trying to work on a deal with Bethesda to make Starfield exclusive, or at least a timed exclusive. And, you know, now <laughs> we know that that's not happening. Um, the only ones that Sony's getting is uh, Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo, who are, you know, those are published by Bethesda. But after that's the last ones you're not going to see. Because look, I'm still on the fence with Indiana Jones just because of Disney owning that. IP. Everybody brings up the Spider-Man on PlayStation and all that, but there's that weird relationship that's, you know, with Sony and the movie rights and all of that. There's some weird things going on there. So, but I don't know. That's the only one. I will say this. That is the only one that has a sliver of a chance of coming on the PlayStation. All the other ones, Fallout, Elder Scrolls. No, at this point, no, definitely not. Xbox only. I would not be surprised, but I wouldn't count on it because... 
Here's my reasoning is it's simple. You don't spend $7.5 billion purchasing Bethesda to put your games uh, uh, on other systems, especially when you're starving for exclusives and you have this, this Game Pass monster that you need to feed because Game Pass is Xbox's end game. They've already announced that they're putting it on smart TVs coming up and that it, it's not so much about hardware anymore. They're, the Game Pass is their thing. They want everybody to have that, like a you know Netflix model or something like that. Yeah, it's crazy that one of these days I'm going to turn on my Roku smart TV and I'm going to see uh, an ad, an advertisement talking about, hey, the, the Xbox Game Pass app is out. <laughs> you can download it on your TV. That, that's that's wild. And I know a lot of people who, you know, who can't afford you know these new consoles i mean they're they're very happy about this news and uh you don't even have to have a smart tv they're also selling that uh stick you can put in the side of the television the the uh usb stick they said they're going to make that as well yeah so you're going to have many many options to play xbox games in the near future so let's actually talk about starfield <laughs> oh yeah we forgot about starfield sorry <laughs> so mike what did you think about that now we got just a cgi trailer which kind of annoyed me but i get it because it's still this is like the first real thing we've seen of it and it's still a long ways away so i understand but yeah what did you think of this trailer it's cool i mean i i like the the aesthetic of it you know i I like how everything looks i think recently bethesda just said that it's it's like skyrim in space yeah they said that but they also mentioned han solo and fallout or something like that i don't know there was some weird wording with Han Solo's character. To be honest with you, like, I don't trust anything Todd Howard says. Nothing against him. Like, I'm sure he's a fine dude. I That's all just marketing buzzwords. Like, when they say, oh, it's Skyrim in space. It's Fallout in space. I think it's good. It's going to feel janky. It's going to have its crazy glitches. Because I think they're still using the same engine. It's still the same engine, but it's, like, heavily upgraded and tweaked is what they well, say. Well, I hope we'll so. <laughs> s- yeah, we'll see how much of a difference that makes. I, for a CGI trailer, I thought it looked good. Uh, but like I said, uh, it's hard for me to get hyped up on just CGI trailers. I I, I want to see gameplay, and I know it might be still a little too early to show that, but you know it, that's that's how I feel. Yeah, I like the ship. I like uh, the the spacesuit. I, I like how it feels very grounded. The suit kind of looked like NASA. No, that's what they said. They said it is grounded in reality, and it's that's I can't remember exactly what they said. And this might be what you're thinking about. They said it's going to be like NASA. Uh, crossed with something else. I wish I could. Let me. I, it doesn't matter. I don't know. I don't want to waste time pulling up the quote. But yeah, his point is, it's gonna, it's going to be more grounded. So it's. I don't think it's going to be like a. I don't know, Mass Effect or something. Not quite to that level. We'll see. I really liked how they showed the game's release date when he's like taking off. Yes, I did think that was cool. They're preparing for launch, the actual ship in the trailer. And as it was preparing, like the numbers lit up 11, 11, 22 on the LED uh, interface of the ship. I don't think they're going to hit that date. Just saying. Oh, really? You think it's going to be delayed? Yeah, I think it's going to be delayed. It's just it's so far away. You know, things happen in development. That's just out of your control sometimes. It's like a year and a half away, dude. I think that's enough time for them to finish and polish it. Uh, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I hope it launches on that day. I think they want to launch at that day because it's like the, I don't know exactly, is it like the 10th anniversary of Skyrim or something like that? Let me check this up. 
Speaking of that, uh, I saw a picture on Facebook. People were like zooming in on the glass, like the windshield on the ship, and they think they see like the map of the the next Elder Scrolls game. Like, the, like there's a crack in the glass, and it looks like it's shaped like a map or something. I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like, they, oh, really? Yeah, I think some people are just looking for things that aren't there. I think Todd Howard did say though, like some of the books on the shelf did do have meaning. Yeah, I can't. I can't find this. I don't know what I, I heard somewhere that there's a reason why they wanted it to be released when it is, and it's had something to do with the, the anniversary. Anyway, let's let's move on. Uh, <laughs> and the next game is a, another sci-fi game, uh, The Outer Worlds Two, which I am extremely excited about because the first one was amazing. Uh, that's from Obsidian, and now we just got a CGI trailer, no gameplay. But in this case, I'm fine with it because the trailer was gold. It was. I was laughing my ass off. No, it's it's typical Obsidian humor. I, I love their writing, their sense of humor. Um, it, just so funny. It's so funny. And if you haven't played the first Outer Worlds, it is on Game Pass. So make sure you go play that. It's like lens flares everywhere. It's like, they show like a, a soldier, like like just slow mo floating across, shooting and stuff. No, that's not the game. No. Yeah, go watch the trailer. It was essentially just a parody of you know these epic trailers that are shown off. Because I hear a car. It's that time. Wow, that's a loud one. <laughs> yeah, they just they just love you, man. They just keep passing by your house. They know. They know we're recording. They know. Anyway, though, so yeah, the Outer Worlds two trailer. It was like a parody of epic trailers because it just showed a bunch of the uh, things happening, and the narrator was essentially describing everything that was happening, like uh, soldiers running and guns going off everywhere. We pull out to an epic landscape, and it was just basically doing all that, and then it finally pulls back, and I knew even before they said it because. The the last shot was reminiscent of the cover of the first Outer World, so I was like, yes, so happy. And it was funny because just last episode I was saying at the end that Obsidian was probably working on the Outer Worlds too, and I was right. So there you go. When do you think that's coming out? Oh, that's that's years away. I think twenty four. You think it's you think it's that far? Twenty three, twenty four. Yeah, the earliest because they they and I think it, this one is going to be more grand than the first one now that they have that that Microsoft budget behind them. So yeah, it's probably you're looking at twenty twenty four the earliest because it sounds like they've just started development, and not only that, but they're also working on Avowed, which is another huge RPG. That's and right. Also, they're still working on Grounded as well, so which is in early access still. So. Also, a quick little note on that, there was a trailer for an update called Shroom and Doom for Grounded, and that was also freaking hilarious. Yeah, the spider part is is really funny. These trailers from Obsidian, this is what Gearbox was trying to do, (laughs) and they failed, because these were actually funny. Anyway, uh, so let's move on to A Plague Tale Requiem, which I think we are both extremely excited about. Dude, when I was watching that trailer, I was like, man, that voice, that, that girl's voice sounds so familiar. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, those streets. I remember something like that. And then all of a sudden, I just see all the rats flooding down the street. I'm like, yes. I knew what it was immediately. Like, this is it. I did, I was not expecting a sequel. No, I was exactly like you. I was like, you know, you, as soon as the rats came pouring out, I was like, yes. 
a Plague Tale sequel. I totally was caught off guard by this. And you're right. I could hear Amicia's voice. That sounded that French accent, and um, and then they showed the the this her little brother, and it looks like they both aged a few years, maybe. So, um, this looks like it is definitely a proper sequel. And we were just talking about a Plague Tale Innocence, like on this podcast. Um, I don't know which episode, but we were encouraging people to go play it uh, because it's an awesome game. Like, please go play this on Game Pass before this game comes out. This was one of those Game Pass games where I was like, oh, what's this? I've heard of the name, but I, I really don't know much about this. I was like, right, I'll give it a shot. And then I played it and I loved the hell out of it. So yeah, guys, please go check out the first game. This, so this is done by Asobo Studios. And these this is one of those developers I could see Microsoft acquiring. I think they would be really smart to do so. Because, I mean, just play A Plague Tale Innocence and you'll see right away. Like this, It's it sort of reminded me of Hellblade in the sense that it's, I call them triple uh, A indie games. They're shorter indie games, but they, they have, they have sky-high production value. You couldn't tell it was an indie game. So, yeah, don't be surprised if Microsoft acquires Sobo, uh, you know, before this game comes out, if that, that announcement comes out. Yeah, Microsoft's shopping around. Yeah, it's possible. This could be the, one of the next dev teams they grab. All right, Mike, let's move on to The Ascent, which um, this is also coming to Game Pass day one. It's sort of like I describe it as a uh, like cyberpunk Helldivers. If you remember that game Helldivers uh, a few years back, it was like an isometric uh, like four-player um, co-op where you just kind of... I don't really know how to explain it, but it was fun as hell. Me and Mike played the shit out of it. Oh, yeah. Well over 100 hours. And the Ascent, uh, you know, this is just adding like a cyberpunk sheen over it. I'm totally down for this. And the fact that it's going to be on Game Pass day one, uh, I believe. Let's see. When is it? It's July. I think it's... Let me check. This also could be one of those Xbox One games, but I'm not 100% sure about that. I, I believe, yeah, it is coming to Xbox One as well, I think. Where the fuck did I write this down? I have way too many no's. I can't even... Did you write a Bible page? <laughs> yeah, sometimes you can write too much down at once, yeah, and really. then it, there's just shit all over the page. I, I'm sorry, it's it's coming out July 29th, uh, 2021, so that's like extremely soon. Next month. Okay, sweet. I believe this is also a timed console exclusive. So it's eventually going to come to PlayStation, but we, we don't know when. Um, but yeah, just, you know, there's not much to say about this game. Just go look at the trailer and gameplay footage. It, it looks really, really cool. Helldivers, Cyberpunky World. I'm down. It looks awesome. Like Jacques said, go watch the trailer and see for yourself. All right. Uh, let's see. Next, uh, <laughs> here's one that you wanted to talk about, Mike. Uh, Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. Mmm. Yes. James Cameron's Avatar. Yeah, um, the trailer looked cool. You know, I, I like the uh, Avatar movie, and I don't know where the hell the sequels are. I know James Cameron finished filming two and three, but who knows when those two movies are coming. I'm just a little worried about this game, because I don't know if I want, like, a Far Cry kind of game. I have a feeling that's what this is going to be, because it's going to be in first person. I know the Far Cry team's not making this. It's it's massive. The guys who are working on the new Star Wars game over at Ubisoft, and they made the division. But I hope it's not Far Cry in the Avatar universe. I hope they do more than just that. 
Shark, what do you think about the Avatar franchise? Have you ever uh, liked it? Are you a fan? Do you think it's overrated? Like, where are you at with that? I mean, I, I saw them, or I saw the one, because there's only been one so far. Um, I saw it back when it originally came out in theaters. I thought I thought it was cool, but I was never like, oh my god, like I don't I don't get the whole craze over it. I mean, it's just like Fern Gully or you know Pocahontas that kind of story. Um, I, I just really I just I, the, the the visuals were amazing, sure for the time. I mean, they still look good. I'm sure I haven't seen it in a while, but so I really don't give a shit about this game. But if it comes out, you know, they have a gameplay trailer and it looks cool, and I might check it out, but I, I doubt it. Do you want it to be Far Cry? Fuck no. I'm so sick of Far Cry. <laughs> yeah, I know you said that just to get me amped up because you know how sick of Far Cry's uh, formula I am. And I'm just like really burnt out of Ubisoft style games right now. Oh, it seems like they're changing, but we'll see. Uh, it's the same for Far Cry 6. Like, yeah, sure. The trailer looked cool. Lots of CGI. Don't really give a shit. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. You know, I actually played an Avatar game back in the day. I played the Avatar official video game or something. I think that's what it's called. Something generic like that. It was a linear third-person shooter. You can switch back and forth between the humans and the uh, Navi. Wasn't the worst movie game I played. It uh, wasn't the best. I'm sure this new one will be better. I'm pretty sure they've been working on this game for a long time, and it's due to come out in 2022. No exact release date, though. I'm guessing that they're probably trying to time the release of this with the release of the next movies. I'm pretty sure James Cameron's probably like finished or just about like they're probably putting like post editing, like finishing touches on it. But they're they've been shot for a while, I think. Now, and also keep in mind too, Massive Entertainment, the developer, they're also making a open world Star Wars game coming up. I think I'm almost uh more curious about this avatar game just to kind of see like where they are as a developer right now than what we have to look forward to with the star wars game i'll keep an eye on this game and see what happens hopefully it's good maybe, maybe it'll blow me away and i'll love it to death so next is another huge franchise and that's guardians of the galaxy from square enix uh what, what did you think about this game mike you know after avengers I'm a little worried <laughs> about any new Marvel game coming from Square Enix. I'm like, I don't know. The Avengers wasn't quite all there. So what are you doing with this? But I'm happy to hear that it is only single player. There's no online bullshit in it. They're not going to just drag you know, the Avengers multiplayer and tweak it and throw it into this. It's none of that. The Guardians of the Galaxy humor is there, and I appreciate that. The designs are... Um, I don't hate them. But at the same time, I'm not crazy about them. I think Rocket looks fine. Uh, Star-Lord is, you know, Star-Lord. They don't really change him that much. Uh, Rex is... Rex? That's Mass Effect. Drax. Drax. Drax, okay. No, no, no Krogan's in this. That'd be cool if the Rex just pops up. I mean, he'd fit into that world, I guess. Uh, but Drax, yes. Drax, yeah, he looks a little weird. And uh, Gamora, kind of a odd design choice oh and uh Groot Groot is whatever it's fine I'm worried I'm just worried Avengers put a bad taste in my mouth so I'm gonna be keeping a close eye on this and you know making sure you know they do everything right I really like the Guardians of the Galaxy universe 
And I appreciate that they just call this game Guardians of the Galaxy. There's no subtitle or, or anything like that. It's just Guardians of the Galaxy. That's it. I mean, the acting sounds good. The story, you know, don't really know much about that. We'll see where that goes. I, I know they showed a little bit of the gameplay, and I can see a little bit of Avengers in there. By the way, this game is coming out this year, October 26, 2021. Okay, so I agree with a lot of the shit you're saying as far as the looks. Um, see, this is what kind of annoys me. with the. It's, it's very difficult. I, I kind of feel for developers making Marvel games because the MCU is so massive. It's it's so culturally like relevant that it's ingrained in everybody's minds that these characters look a certain way. And it, we kind of saw that with the Avengers game too, when we saw the first trailers and we're like, man, something just looks weird. Like it looks off. Like they're not bad, but the character models just look weird. It's like some alternate like parallel <laughs> universe versions of them our brain is like oh that's not chris evans oh that's not chris pratt who is that oh he looks too different yeah, yeah we're, we're so used to the marvel movie universe these designs aren't bad i you know at the end of the day they're fine it's just the movies are screwing with my brain either pick one way or the other make them exactly like the movies or do something completely different but they're just in the middle like they kind of you're clearly taking inspiration from the movies but they're a little bit different and that's how avengers was and that bothers me i don't know why but i just do not like it um so i rather probably would have had them just go drastically different and i feel like with the the writing too the the humor it just feels like a james gunn ripoff like they're just trying to be the movies and I don't like that. I wish they would do something different. Now, I am glad that it is a third-person action-adventure because I don't want anything like Avengers again. So it's going to be a single-player story. There's no microtransactions, none of that bullshit. So I'm happy about that. And it doesn't look bad. Like It does look interesting. I need to see more. I'm not sold yet, but it does look okay. So it has that going for it. One thing, though, that really makes me angry, um, so this is being developed by Eidos Montreal, and they also do the Deus Ex series, which I love. <laughs> so they've done Deus Ex Human Revolution, which was like the first game in like the rebooted Deus Ex trilogy, well, trilogy, I say, uh, and then the second game was Deus Ex uh, Mankind Divided. And then after that, uh, they came out and said, you know what, we're going to take a break from the Deus Ex franchise for a while because it, it wasn't selling quite how we wanted to. So the second game left off on a big cliffhanger. So you can see how I'm a little bit miffed because this is what they chose to do instead of a third proper finale of Deus Ex. Don't worry, Jacques, you're going to get a comic book to finish the story. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I hate that. This game better be fucking amazing because <laughs> my Deus Ex third game of the trilogy had to die for this game to live. I thought the Mankind Divided sales were in the poorer state. I can look up the sales right now because now I'm curious. Yeah, Google that. Let's get this right. What was the sales numbers for Mankind Divided? Also, by the way, too, if you're like weren't if you were one of those people that was not satisfied with Cyberpunk 2077 and you want a good Cyberpunk type game, go play the Deus Ex games. Cause they are very good. Now I will say, like Idos Montreal, based on the Deus Ex games, they are very good at level design. And um I do like their their aesthetic. So 
if they can translate that to Guardians, uh, I, I'd be happy. But and the the story is, you know, the story's a little bit convoluted, but I think they'll probably simplify it for Guardians. So let's see, sales data. I'm gonna say 1.5 million. I'm just taking a wild guess. I don't. I don't know. When did De- Deus Ex Mankind divide it? It was either like 2016 or 17. 2016. Speaking of Deus Ex, I plan on playing those games again. I'm going to try again. You know, I never beat the first one. I never beat the second one. I played a little of both, and they just didn't suck me in, which is weird because I love sci-fi universes. And I love shooters. I love stealth. It's got all the stuff I like in video games right there. The Holy Trinity. I just don't know what keeps me away. Is it the story? Is it the voice acting? Something there keeps pushing me. Like, no, go do something else. I just got to take a leap of faith and try it again. And I don't expect everybody to love them. I'm not saying it's, like, mind-blowing. You know, I can see if it's not your type of game. But, yeah, it does have stealth. The The way you can attack missions and move around the map is um, very open. Like, the level design is so good, and you can attack things in multiple different ways. Um, I like the aesthetic, and it's, yeah, it's just, you know, it's got a lot of shooting mechanics, like, uh, abilities, like, very tech-based. It's... But anyway, like, so I can't find, I don't know why, that's probably why I can't find the, the sales data, because they probably didn't release it, because it's so poor. But I did find that it costs $70 million to make, and it took five and a half years to develop. So that's your answer right there. Square's like, mm, no, what else you got? We don't want a sequel. Let's reassess this series. Let's put it on ice for a while. So I do understand that from a business perspective, but from like a creative perspective, I'm just like sad i guess you know whatever that's there's not much more to say about that i i just i hope guardians of the galaxy is good i'm hoping for the best okay uh yeah so next was do you want to talk about metroid dread yeah sure why not it's one of the two nintendo games on our list i think it's the first 2d first new 2d metroid game in like almost 20 years that's correct yes so that is exciting I think this, if I had a Switch, I don't have a Switch, but this is one that I would want to play. I love that they're putting out another 2D Metroid game for the fans. They deserve it. Keep putting these out. People love those classic Metroid side-scrollers. But for me, not what I'm looking for. I'm into the Metroid Prime series, and I know Metroid Prime 4 is coming. It's a little ways off, but it's coming. I was hoping they would release some sort of a Metroid Prime Trilogy, you know, the first three games like on Switch. I was hoping for that announcement, but I guess I'm going to have to wait even more now for that to happen. I think the first three need to be released again. It's been so long. The first two are on GameCube. Third one's on the Wii. Give me that. That's what I'm waiting for. This, not for me, but it looks awesome. If you've been waiting all these years for another 2D side-scrolling Metroid game, this is the one you want to pick up, and it's coming this year. Yeah, it is a... It is coming October 8th, 2021. And I think uh, most people are excited for this, but I, I agree with you. I think probably more people are we're looking forward to a Metroid Prime 4 uh, something, just anything, because they've been so tight-lipped about it thus far. But it was a very good announcement, and I'm happy for all the people that want this. Yeah, it was cool and unexpected. And I guess this is a sequel to Metroid Fusion. So if you were a fan of that game, you're probably giddy right now. 
And I wish I had a Switch because I would like to play this. See, now I was hoping for the Nintendo Direct that they would announce the Nintendo Pro that's been rumored or whatever they're going to call it, the next iteration of the Switch. And um, yeah, we didn't get that. So I'll have to wait on buying a Switch. So one day it'll happen, though. Okay, uh, let's move on to what do we got next? Um, <laughs> well, keeping with Nintendo, do you want to talk about Mario Cross Rabbids Sparks of Hope? Cross Mass Effect, that game? Yeah, which I like. Yeah, it's basically Mass Mario Mass Effect. Just seeing Mario on a spaceship looking at a galaxy map is just... <laughs> it's just we've come so far with Mario. Mario fucking wielding guns. <laughs> I thought that was the most hilarious part. Yeah, he has like a cannon thing in the first game. Like he has a big cannon on his arm. Kind of like Mega Man. But yeah, in this one, it, he does look like he's dual wielding uh, pistols. <laughs> or, or like Star-Lord's weapons, you know? Yeah, exactly. They almost... Look like Star Wars or uh, Star Lord pistols, yeah. Now let's see. Uh, this this is actually a sequel to the first Mario Cross Rabbids. Uh, I don't even remember the name of it. Do you know? Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Okay, and you played that, right? Mm-hmm. I beat it. Did you like it? Yeah, it's it's really good. Um, it's like XCOM. If you, if you're a big XCOM fan, you, you'll dig this. I mean, it's not exactly like XCOM. Like, you don't go back to a base and send troops and all of that. But when it comes to the combat, 100% XCOM. That sounds good to me. I mean, I love XCOM. I gotta play XCOM 2 again. I stopped playing it because my PS4 sounded so loud, I was scared. (laughs) I mean, my PS4 sounds loud with a lot of games. But with XCOM 2, it was on a whole other level. The system was literally shaking, and I'm just like, I can't play this. I don't want to wreck my system just for this game. So I stopped playing it, and I forgot about it, moved on to other things. I want to go back to it on my PS5, because my PS5 is not going to sound like a, a rocket going up into space. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this, but not fifty nine ninety nine excited. I picked up the first game when it was like 20 bucks, and I think it's a fantastic $20, $30 game. I wouldn't spend 60 on it. I'm not saying it isn't worth $60. Just, you know, me personally, no. My money's going to go somewhere else. If I see it go on sale for $29.99, I'll pick it up. All right, uh, let's move on to Forza Horizon 5. This game just looks gorgeous. And, and the the stream, if you watch the stream, does not do it justice. You have to watch no. this in 4K. This the game just looks so photorealistic and stunning. Like this, this is one of the games where you actually want a Series X for it, I, and they actually showed a lot of gameplay, which I appreciated. And I, I am a fan, although I've kind of fallen off. I'm a lapsed Forza fan. I have, I was big into the Forza Motorsport series. I have played a little bit of Forza Horizon Three, I believe. Yeah, but this is one I could see me jumping back on just to at least check out because it will be on Game Pass. Um, and it does come out November 9th, 2021, so it's coming this year. And it's going to take place in Mexico, which I thought was pretty cool and different. And um, these Horizon games have just become like a big social game for people. That's kind of one thing that prevents me from jumping on them, because I feel overwhelmed. Like, I, they're open world now, and it's I feel like I just don't have the proper time that I would want to put into these games. So... You know, I, I that's why I don't play a lot of these live service games or ongoing games because I prefer more like offline single player games that I can actually finish. 
I noticed it said also on Xbox One. I want to see that. I really want yeah. to see what that looks like <laughs> on the Xbox One, especially if you're going to play it on the base Xbox One, you know, the OG one, the VCR Xbox One. How is that going to look? It, it, I, it's not It's not going to look like the trailer, I can tell you that. That trailer looked like it was running on like a PC with like a RTX 3080 graphics card or something, man. But wow. You got to play this on a Series S or X. You, I just bare minimum Xbox One X. I wouldn't play it on the other two. I'm not saying it's going to look like garbage, but you're not going to see all the bells and whistles that they showed off in this trailer. It looked amazing. And I I don't like racing games. I don't play them. They're not part of my uh, weekly gaming routine. But this is a pretty looking game. This is something I might like play for like 15, 20 minutes just, just to admire all the beautiful graphics and stuff. It's amazing how far we've come. Yeah, if the the Forza series just in general is has been the high bar for racing games for a long, long time, and they're just showing why with this trailer and this gameplay footage. But uh, all right, um, let's go ahead and move on. We got a couple more. Uh, so there's a game unveiled at the end of Microsoft's conference called Redfall, and it's Arcane Studios' newest IP. And it's actually coming summer of next year, which surprised me. The way they described it, it's an open-world co-op game, and it looks like maybe four players, and there's you're basically taking on vampires. In a post-apocalyptic world, and there's a little bit of sci-fi elements in there, because there's a freaking robot dog-looking thing running around with them. That completely caught me off guard, because the rest of the world doesn't look anything like that. Now, I, I really like the aesthetic. I, I think Arcane always has good-looking games. They kind of have their own style. They're known a lot for their level design as well. Um, I have not played Dishonored 2, but people rant and rave about that game. But once again, granted, it's a beautiful-looking CGI trailer. It's no still gameplay. just the CGI trailer. No gameplay. <laughs> so that is a big no-no for me. We still don't know enough about this game for me to really decide how i feel about it the universe looks interesting that's all we have to go on the gameplay could just be eh, we don't know uh you know arcane's got death loop coming out uh i believe this year unless it got delayed again I no think it's, it's this, year. Out this year okay that looks cool too so yeah they, they got a lot of cool shit coming up um i'm sure this will probably be a pretty huge game seemed like it was well received redfall but yeah like i said i'm just i need to see more Lastly, we have Kena Bridge of Spirits, uh, which was not at any of the showcases, but they did release a little um, showcase for the game like before, like earlier in the week. And I just wanted to talk about it just because this game looks so amazing and I cannot wait. Uh, it comes out August 24th, 2021. And it's, uh, it's, it's from a new studio called Ember Lab which they previously have not made games. They've previously, uh, their forte was like animation, like, uh, you know, Pixar type stuff. And you can really see that in this game. It looks like a Pixar movie. Yeah. So they just, you know, kind of had some more details about it. It's, it's going to, there's definitely some God of War influence, which makes me happy. They, the boss fights are going to be harder than you would imagine for how the game looks. I even heard like Dark Souls, like, thrown around not that's not a roguelike but just as far as like the bosses being a little harder than you might imagine 
Uh, we, we've definitely seen like uh, Uncharted, Tomb Raider style, style climbing. Yeah, lots of like combat. Like I said, you're using power. She has this staff. It almost reminds me a little bit of like uh, Horizon, how Aloy had her staff. You can do melee or you can do like ranged, like it looks like magical attacks and things like that. Please go check out this game. Check out our trailer, gameplay footage, whatever you can. This is like probably one of the most gorgeous looking games I've seen. And it's not like photorealistic or anything. Like I said, it looks like a Pixar movie. But clearly with like the animation experience from these guys, like it's, it is just stunning. You just have to, you have to go see it. I went on Google and I'm checking out the game right now. It says August 24th, 2021. Now the platforms, this is what's interesting. It says PS4, PS5, and Microsoft Windows. I don't see Xbox. I guess it's a timed exclusive maybe for PlayStation. I don't know. I know originally it was shown off at a PlayStation. It's only been shown off at PlayStation events that I'm aware of. So maybe they have some kind of deal going on where it's, I don't know, but you said it's also on Windows PC. So that's interesting. I would assume it's probably like a yeah timed exclusive. Some articles are saying it kind of reminds me of God of War and Pikmin combined. Yeah, P- Pikmin is another one I've heard of. Because, like, you gather up all these little, like, creatures and stuff, and they follow you, and you actually use them for some of the game mechanics. Yeah, they look cute. It just looks like a really, really beautiful, creative-looking game that just came out of nowhere. Like, it's so crazy that this is their first game. Like, you could not tell at all. Yeah, it says the story follows Kenya, a young spirit guide who uses her magical abilities to help deceased people move from the physical to the spirit world. The game is presented through a third-person perspective. And it's, yeah, it's being published and developed by Ember Labs. So you said this is their first game? Yeah, first game. <laughs> That's impressive. This this, yeah, this might be the best-looking first game I've ever seen. For me, like, personally, this is a day-one game for me. I thought I remember way back uh, it coming out after one of the... It was shown off at a Sony thing, and they said it was only going to be, like, $40? Yeah, I believe you're right. Yeah, I think it is 40 so I I don't know how long this is going to be. I imagine it's, I would guess, like, on the shorter side. Five hours. I'm thinking, like, like ten, eight to ten, maybe. Yeah, it's $40. Yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm looking at it right now in the PlayStation Store. There it is. Like, holy shit, man. This is just... I'm actually... This is probably one of my most uh, anticipated games this year. You know what would be even better, Jacques? What? If they hand this out during one of the plus months. Oh, Yeah. Oh my god. I could see them doing that too with like a brand new studio. Like, um, you know, Sony trying to get more exclusive games. Just going up to Ember Lab and be like, here's a bunch of money. Like, there's your security. We'll take this game. And then just putting it on plus for for August. Oh my god. I That would be amazing. If they don't though, I'm still for $40, man. I'm buying this game day one. But um, yeah, I mean, we've talked long enough about Kane Bridge of Spirits, so... <laughs> That's uh, that's pretty much like the main games we wanted to hit. Uh, now we do have a handful of um, honorable mention games too that we're looking forward to or had a good showing. First, I want to talk about Hades because they announced that that is coming to Game Pass day one when it releases on consoles. And boy, I am so excited for this because when this first came out on Switch and it was getting so much praise... I wanted to play it super bad, but obviously I don't have a Switch. So now that it's coming to Game Pass, which, it's, I mean, this is a no-brainer for me. It's Now, I know I've talked about I typically don't like roguelikes. I think this is more like a roguelite, 
but I think that's more like 3D roguelikes. This is, um, I think this is much more accessible because uh, you can carry on some progression through each run. So what do you think about this game, Mike? That's not really my kind of game, but I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a shot because of all the praise it's getting. These are the same guys who made... Um, I think Transistor, I think. Um, Bastion. Bastion. That one I actually beat back in the day. That was pretty good. I own Transistor on my Switch. I just haven't started it yet. It's sitting there. It's actually just sitting on my... Uh, my homepage on there is just, yeah, just looking at me every day. Well, not every day. Well, every time I turn the system on. Yeah, so I'm probably going to play that one first, and then I'll probably move on to Hades. Now, yeah, I'm looking on uh, on Xbox site. It says the game's coming out August 13th, so you don't have to wait too long. Let's see. And then uh, there's also the the Evil Dead, the game, which I'm a huge Evil Dead fan. And, um, yeah, I just think this looks great. I think this is exactly what I want in an Evil Dead game. You take some of the characters from all the movies, and it's pretty much just like a third person. Like, looks a lot of hack and slashy, uh, but that's fine for me. Now, they haven't really said exactly what it is, because to me, it kind of looks like it might be multiplayer only. I am not clear on that, but that's what it looks like. It looks like maybe something around... Because uh, they said you can play as the Deadites as well. So it's sort of like Left for Dead, how you can compete against each other. Maybe even there's maybe some kind of like Dead by Daylight type stuff going on too. I, I'm not really sure, but I mean, as far as just how it looks, I think it looks great. Everybody's just going to want to be Ash. <laughs> so I don't want to be that guy. No, I want to be Ash. No, I want to be Ash. I am happy though they do have some characters from the, that uh, Star series, Ash versus Evil Dead, which... Personally, I thought that was some of the best stuff ever in the franchise. I I was sad that it got canceled after I think like three seasons. But if you're a fan of that series and you did not watch Ashra's Evil Dead, like go watch it now. Like stop listening to us and go watch it. I've only seen the original Evil Dead. I've never seen any of the sequels or that show. Oh really? Oh my yeah. god, dude. dude! I mean, the first one's great, but holy shit, dude! Go watch two and Army of Darkness. Is Army of Darkness, that's the one where he goes back in time, right? Yes, yeah, medieval. I gotta watch that. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. The thing is, is like they're so different from the first one, because Evil Dead 2 is essentially a remake of the first one, but it's just, they added more humor and more comedy. And the third one is just kind of doubles down on that, and it's just completely like bonkers. <laughs> it's so good, man. Oh, Well, that is your homework. Go watch... Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness, and the whole entire Ash vs. Evil Dead series. When you get to Army of Darkness, you're, you're going to laugh your ass off because you being a Duke Nukem fan, you're going to see where Duke Nukem ripped off everything. Hail to the king, baby. Yeah, he says it. Groovy. It's totally just Ash. So, yeah. Moving on. Uh, so there's also this game called Replaced that just... I had never seen anything about it before, but it, it looks really cool. It's sort of like this, um, I guess, cyberpunky, uh, which seems to be a a really very popular theme genre right now. But um, it's sort of like pixelated and side-scrolling, and I'm not really sure how to explain it beyond that, but it just looked really, really cool. I kind of got some Blade Runner vibes as well. And now there's also this game called Somerville. Yeah, I was kind of getting like some uh, War of the Worlds vibes. Yes, definitely. There's, like, this family, like, sitting in this, uh, well, first they're just showing, like, a car driving on the road, and 
then you see the family and in, in sitting on the couch late at night, the TV's on, they're falling asleep and the kid wakes up and, and then they just get a bunch of shots of like, uh, outdoors and you see like it's dark and there's these like the obelisk type things coming down from the sky. And yeah, I just got some war of the world's vibe. So I'm not sure what the game actually is. And I think it's sort of like, I'm not sure it's, it's an indie game. So it's like, I don't know if it was like not quite side scrolling, but kind of like a isometric, uh, not really sure how to explain it, but yeah, just go look up, uh, Somerville and that's S O M E R Ville. Anything with aliens, I usually give it a chance. And I love War of the Worlds. I'm a big H.G. Wells fan. If you make anything remotely close to his stuff, I'm going to check it out. So yeah, I'm excited for this. Dude, I can't believe, I cannot believe I didn't catch on to this, but this is fucking Play Dead's next game. Really? They made Inside and Limbo, yeah. Oh. We were just talking about that like last oh, okay, episode. Okay, now that makes sense. Yeah, I could see them making this. So this just shot way up <laughs> just because of that. Play Dead is awesome. Okay, and then another game was Atomic Heart, which has been shown off a few times before, uh, but I would explain it as like a Russian Bioshock crossed with Fallout. So it's first person and it's post-apocalyptic and you have guns and abilities and there's like robots and stuff and like all kinds of shit. Um, but yeah, it just looks really cool. Uh, okay, and then there's there's a couple games here I want to mention too, uh, specifically because of their uh, their stop motion, and you can go look up videos on these games and see a little bit of behind the scenes how they made this. And the first one is called Harold Halibut or Halibut, and it's uh it's in space. It's on like a spaceship. It's kind of like side scrolling, I guess, but you can go around and do activities and. But yeah, I did, mostly I'm just so impressed with the, the stop motion animation because that shit looks so hard. I can't imagine how much time they must have spent on this. Yeah, I'm watching it right now. Ooh, this looks like a lot of work. The characters are stop motion. Like, they actually made up, like, clay animation models. And they actually are, like, filming them with real cameras, doing the motions and stuff. But it's set to, like, a digital background. And then there's this other game called Vocabulantis, which is the exact same thing. It's, it's, I mean, it's slightly different, but, um, it uses the same, uh, like stop motion techniques, uh, where they actually have like real dolls they make up and they shoot them on these cameras and use these, the, you're actually, when you're playing in the game, the, the characters are moving are like actually like fully animated stop motion dolls. It's just crazy, dude. Just go look this up. I'm so impressed. For that alone, I want to play these. Yeah, I'm watching the one you were just talking about. Not really crazy about the gameplay, but I... God, I respect the hell out of how they made this game. You don't see this kind of stuff. This is a a rare thing. Uh, yeah, please go check this out. Us talking about it doesn't do it justice. You know, once you watch the video, you'll understand. Yeah, Harold Halibut is one, and the other one is Vocabulantis, which I know is a very weird word. I'm not really sure what it means. I'm assuming it's like vocabulary and, I don't know, Atlantis put together. Yeah, that's V-O-K-A-B-U-L-A-N-T-I-S. Okay, and then another game is called Conway Disappearance at Dahlia View. It's basically just Rear Window. If you've ever seen Alfred Hitchcock's Rear Window it's pretty much that. I love that movie, so I like immediately I was drawn to this. 
Um, you're basically, you play as like, it looks like he plays this old retired detective in a wheelchair and he's just sitting at his window and he has his binoculars and he's, I'm assuming you're going to have to solve like a crime or crimes by just watching people across the way on, you know, other buildings. And, and then there's this added detail that his daughter is also currently a detective. So I think that's probably going to play into it as well. Yeah. It takes place in the 1950s. Yeah. I'm a big, uh, Hitchcock fan. I like the rear window. The remake was pretty good too, Disturbia with Shia LaBeouf. It's just a cool concept. I've never really seen this concept put into a game, so that yeah, I was immediately drawn in. Oh, I think I hear a police siren. Are they coming for you? Yeah. <laughs> Look out the window, try to figure it out. We'll see what's going on. Piece everything together just like the game. <laughs> Let's move on because I only have one more game, and that is Among Us is finally coming to consoles, and it's going to be coming to Game Pass this year. So I am very excited about that because I've wanted to try this game out. And I think like it, on, on PC it was ten players, but I think they're upping it to fifteen now for with a new oh my update. God. So yeah, it's going to be just chaos. I don't know if you've ever watched any streams of this game. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 like the Thing movie, a little bit. Yeah. They don't know who's the killer, and uh, you know they're trying to figure it out. And yeah, it just reminds me of that. It's the game where you lie to your friends. <laughs> you actually are rewarded for lying to your friends. Yeah, so I'm for sure playing this. Like, we definitely got to get some rooms going on this. And I think uh, you know uh, I told you about the podcast of my buddy Adam and Dustin. Uh, yeah, a bit of yeah. the ultra violence. Dustin plays this game regularly uh, with people on Twitch. So. Maybe we'll have to get something going with him, too, like a little uh, cross, uh, you know, like Mario cross Rabbids, but it's like Boundless Gamers cross a bit of the ultraviolence. Who's the best liar? We're going to find out. Yeah, it's definitely not me. <laughs> I am uh, pretty honest to a fault. You'd be like, actually. guys, guys, it's not me, I promise. And they all go after you. Look, I know you saw me stab the guy in the face, but I promise you that wasn't me. All right, Mike, I think we've come to the end of our podcast because we do not have a surprise mechanics this week. Nope. I was just talking about honesty, so if I'm being honest, like it was partially because we were just like lazy too, and we forgot to come up with surprise mechanics. Damn it, Jacques, so, we I was were... trying to <laughs> I was trying to avoid that. I'm telling you, this is why I would lose. I'd be the first one ejected in Among Us because I suck at lying. <laughs> I'm a pretty good bullshitter. I I think I think I can uh, win some of those matches. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't really think we have anything else. Unfortunately, it's kind of going to be weird going out without a surprise mechanics, but it is what it is. That's the surprise. I mean, we don't have one. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Surprise. Let's just uh, cut out all, everything I just said over the last two minutes. Actually, our surprise mechanic is there. there is no surprise mechanics. <laughs> it can be anything, guys. Now we're acting stupid. Yeah, this this is usually, we start getting delirious, so it's like 1 a.m. This is our cue to, like, wrap it up. Yeah, my body armor drink is uh, wearing off. I have to drink one of those before a podcast, otherwise you're going to get zombie mic throughout the entire episode. I feel depleted now, and that's not good. Okay, well, we got through this. Let me uh, take us out. So, we have been the Boundless Gamers. Let me do that over, because that was terrible. Let's, (laughs) come on. Do it again. Do it again. He, 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 he's going to do it better this time, guys. All right, go, go, go. Stone face. I'm going to do it all professional. This has been the Boundless Gamers Podcast. I have been your host, Jacques, 
And joining me was my co-host, Michael Pasquale-Licchio. You can find us on social media at Boundless Gamers on Twitch. Not Twitch. Fuck. I fucked it up. Oh, my God. This sounds horrible, bro. <laughs> you can find us on social media at Boundless Gamers on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Please subscribe to our podcast now. Maybe we should go back to you hosting, Mike, because this is just a train wreck outro. You can do this. Land the plane. Don't crash it. Doesn't have to be a perfect landing. You know, the, the the wheels can come off and shit, but just get it on the ground. Okay. Well, I do have one more quick thing, and I'm going to be serious. And I do want to plug my friend Brandon's podcast because he has been pretty supportive of us, and he just started a new podcast. And it is all about the Pioneer Baseball League, which is a minor league baseball league uh, in and around the Colorado area. The name of the show is the Graham Slam Podcast, and that's Graham as in Graham Cracker. And you'll know the podcast because the logo is a s'more, basically. (laughs) It's a really cool logo. Really? That's what it looks like? Yeah. I got to see this. Yeah. He just redesigned it, and I think it looks fucking cool. Uh, so yeah, he basically just kind of, um, you know, if you're looking for more baseball shit, he uh, goes over statistics, um, th- does predictions, yeah, just really detailed stuff. If you're really nerdy about baseball, like, go check him out, uh, the Grand Slam Podcast. Yeah, I'm looking at the logo. That's awesome, bro. I like it more than ours. No, I'm just kidding. Ours, ours, <laughs> is, su- ours is superior. Well, you know, they're they're both cool. I just won't put one over the other. They're both cool. I, I have to say mine's better because it's mine. That's just how it okay. goes. He, it's the fair. same way for him. You know, if it's his, he's got to say his is better. He knows what I'm talking about. So yeah, go check him out on social media as well. He's on Instagram. Uh, I don't know if he's on Twitter or Facebook, but he's definitely uh, on posting a ton on Instagram, like all kinds of like score sheets and stats and things like that. Uh, pictures from the games. I think he's even was recently approached by the league itself and the the team, uh, the the um, Rocky Mountain Vibes is the main team that he follows. And uh, they approached him about possibly doing a sponsorship uh, or partnership. Oh, wow. Shit. Awesome. I think that he's eventually going to start a YouTube channel as well. So yeah, go uh, go follow him and uh, check him out. And uh, yeah, that's that's it. We are all done. So... Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this a uh, little bit different episode. That is all we have. I am Jacques. I'm Mike. And we will see you guys later. Bye. Bye.